This is the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cohn Franz. If you would like to support and be part of our community, you can start by visiting zennovascotia.com. The second precept is the precept of not stealing. Or, uh, more traditionally perhaps, of not taking what is not given. Or not taking what is not offered freely. It seems, maybe it's not useful to rank precepts, but I can say that this is one... This is the one that haunts me. This is the one that I feel most clearly that I'm violating all the time. For me, it speaks to culture, it speaks to economics, it speaks to relationships. It's fraught. There are two basic approaches we can take to, as we say, following the precepts. I'm not sure that's the right verb. One is to have the precepts lead. To start with the precepts and let the practice follow. So that the practice you're doing is the practice of upholding what is described in the precepts. For some traditions, that's central. The other approach, which is, I think, truer to this tradition, is to lead with the practice and have the precepts follow. I'll explain a little bit about what that means. As I think I've said in the past, the way I I have been taught about these precepts is that they are the description of a bodhisattva. Not with the idea that a bodhisattva is someone who intentionally and meticulously follows these precepts and is therefore a bodhisattva. But simply that a bodhisattva is a bodhisattva. And that when we try to pick apart what a bodhisattva is, we see certain behaviors. We see certain actions and certain non-actions. And one way that we can describe that life is through these precepts. Being a bodhisattva comes first. The precepts flow out of that. As I'm saying this, I want to say up front, this, none of this is meant to mean that we shouldn't try to follow the precepts. It's easy to hear these kinds of teachings and think, well, this is great. I don't have to do anything. I'll just, I'll just sit, or I'll do whatever it is that I'm being told in terms of the practice, and then somehow, naturally, organically, everything I do will be virtuous and beneficial to others. That would be great. I think there are too many counterexamples for us to count on that. 
What I do want to say, though, is that if we start with the precepts, if we, if we make the primary practice that of trying to somehow embody what we hear them to be, then we get stuck. Because what we're doing is we're treating symptoms. Not causes. I can take not killing and say, okay, well, I'm just going to not kill. I'm just going to refrain. But that refraining doesn't speak to that basic act of aggression. That basic impulse when we encounter something or someone to try to add to it or subtract from it or to multiply it or to delete it. We still have that. All we're doing then is trying very, very hard not to act on it. But if the practice leads, if we sit and we watch our mind and we watch that act of aggression as it comes up over and over and over again, if we watch it long enough for it to become uninteresting, long enough that we can start to let go, then we start to go to the root. Not stealing, not taking what is not given, I'm not going to try to spell out for anyone tonight what that is in its particulars. But not stealing is not simply the absence of stealing. It's taking up its antidote. It's taking up its opposite. If we're told not to accept what has not been given freely, the question that should arise is, what is given freely? This is the part that haunts me. And if we spend a little time with this question of what is given freely, we naturally arrive at another question, which is, Am I capable of giving freely? And there, in my mind, we find the heart of this precept. Exploring what it is to offer. What it is to offer without any expectation. This is what in Japanese is referred to as mushotoku. It's the absence of profit. For something to be given freely, is for something to be given in the absence of a transaction. 
we almost can't conceive of an act of giving or receiving that is not part of a transaction. Where there is not some expectation, some hope, some gain. And so we do things that are kind of ridiculous, right? We chant something written centuries ago, and then we say, we give this away. On one level, that's a pretty hard thing for us to wrap our heads around. But on the other hand, it's a perfect tool. Because if it were almost anything else, we would be trying to figure out how to make it into a transaction. We would be imagining what we're getting or what it is that we're actually giving. Right? We could see the benefit. We could say, oh, but they're getting this. But no, we're here in this room and nobody knows we're here. And nobody hears it. And we chant it and we give it away. That's the practice leading. That's step one of learning to give with no expectation. To give freely. If we do that enough times, if we do it so that it's an impulse, an instinct, then one day we find that we can give something else. Also with no expectation. At all. To understand that is to understand the other side. About what it is to receive and what it is to take. And I'll stop there. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.